Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Well, happy Mother's Day. I have a message for you today that is going to give us some insight into what the scriptures have to teach us today. And it's found actually in the book of Exodus. And it's about a mom who had a plan. She risked everything. And we're going to hear a little bit more about her today. And so we're going to look at Exodus chapter 2. And this particular passage begins at verse 1. It's a story that you're probably on some level familiar with, even if all the details may not be known. But the scripture tells us in verse 1 that about this time a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married and the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son and she saw that he was a special baby and she kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket and made of papyrus reeds and she waterproofed it with tar and with pitch. And she put the baby in the basket and she laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. And the baby's sister, who was Miriam, then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. And then soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she saw the baby. This little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. And this must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. And then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women? To nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. And so the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother, and I will pay you for your help. And so the woman took her baby home and she nursed him. And then later when the boy was older, His mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. And the princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? But it really comes out of tragedy. There was a decree by the Pharaoh that all the Hebrew children, the firstborn, would have to be killed. And if you think about the plagues that would later come to try to set the people free, one of them was that the firstborn of the Egyptians would all have to die. And you could see that it starts off with the Pharaoh's decree and and the impact that this has in every Hebrew household. And there was a woman by the name of Jochebed, and that was the mother of Moses. She was married to a man from the tribe of Levi. 
His name was Amran, and Jochebed was a woman who, at this point in the story, believe it or not, is about 120 years old. Her husband, the Bible says, died at the age of 137. We find out her name not in chapter 2, but we find her name in chapter 6. In verse 20, we read that Moses' mother's name was Jochebed. And what Jochebed did is considered to be one of the greatest acts of defiance for the Jewish nation. And she's the only one who is known to have done it. She did not allow for any midwife, for any Egyptian, or even for someone in her own household, including herself, to touch her son. She put everyone's life at risk, including Miriam, who was charged with watching this baby as it was sent in this basket in the Nile River. Miriam's older brother was Aaron. And so Moses was the youngest. And as a result, Jochebed is considered to be, in many ways, the mother of the Jewish nation. In fact, the idea and the concept of how you are Jewish through your mother came as a result of this act. And she's forever remembered as someone who deserves to be remembered for what she did. And there are times when rules and laws and decrees are given and Obedience seems like the only option. And yet in this particular instance, in this particular case, we see that there was another option. And, and the Bible doesn't say that God gave her this idea. In fact, it doesn't even say that, that God somehow gave the princess an extra dose of compassion and faith to want to rescue this child. It doesn't say that because it didn't happen most likely like that because when it has been an intervention on God's part, uh, it's described as such in the scriptures. God describes his intervention. He talks about how he hardened a heart or how he also turned it into flesh to care and to be filled with concern. And in this particular instance, we see that this is a, 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 a woman who has a plan, who is defying an order, an order which, by the way, historians think that it may have caused even for her marriage to end. That after this act on her behalf, that her husband, not wanting to be associated with what she had done, left her. And so not only is she a woman who risks it all for her son, but she loses so much in doing so. And then all of a sudden she makes this decision that she would do whatever she could to first hide the child and then to save the child. 
but she doesn't know what more she can do because there's this obvious pressure that the other historical documents tell us that she was experiencing not from just the Egyptian authorities and her neighbors. Because imagine if your neighbor has had to sacrifice their child and you have not. I imagine if your relative has done it and you have not. Imagine what this would have caused, the tension that this would have brought into her life. You can imagine that she did this for as long as she could possibly have done it. And, and then when she realized she couldn't do it one more second, she came up with a plan. And, and the Bible says that she took this basket and, and with tar and with pitch, she waterproofed it. And, and, and it makes me think of how this, this mother is not just strong enough to go against the greatest authority in the land, but she is strong enough to go against the authority in her own house. She's strong enough to go against the authorities that, and the pressures that would have come from her relatives and from her friends and from her neighborhood and from her people who had complied with what had been asked of them, but she refused to do so. Imagine every day living in secret, hiding a child, and not an easy thing to do, uh, especially because children give themselves away every time you hide them by crying. And so how would she have done this? And, and the anxiety and the stress that this would have caused and, and, and how it would have affected everyone in her household as well. But she didn't care about any of that. What she cared about was saving her son. And when she couldn't do anything else, she did the unthinkable. She let him go. But she couldn't just let him go down the river on its own. But she told his older sister Miriam to watch out for her brother. And she did it. Miriam did it. She ran along the shore, paying attention to what was happening to the basket. And every time it was going down, you can imagine how this young girl must have felt as this scene unfolded until finally that basket arrives at the Pharaoh's daughter. Do you think that she had a plan that would rescue her child to the point where it would go all the way to the Pharaoh's daughter? She didn't. Her plan went as far as waterproofing the basket and sending that baby down the Nile. Do you know what kind of faith and courage that would have taken? What hope she would have sent that baby down that river with? And, and I know that when we make plans and when we try to design our lives and when we try to figure out where we're supposed to go and where we're supposed to be and, and how we're supposed to get there, that sometimes our lives just feel so chaotically out of control that we absolutely not for a second know how it's going to end. But we've got something that is guiding and something that is encouraging, something that continues to give us hope and his faith. 
Jochebed had faith. She had this faith that was unimaginable for her time. It was so strong and so powerful against the greatest opposition that she could have possibly had, which included her own self. She was battling her own mind and her own heart and her own emotions and, and, and battling the outcome of her very own plan to try to save a baby like this couldn't make any sense at all. And if she had sat in that small one room house and explain to Amran, what is your plan, Jochebed? My plan is to take this baby and put it in a waterproof basket and send it down the Nile. No wonder he divorced her. Who wouldn't? What a crazy plan. You, you tell me this is a plan? This is not a plan? This is literally what in sports you call a Hail Mary. Yes, I'm in a church and I said that. <laughs> it's a desperate toss in hope someone comes down with the ball. It's a desperate shot at the basket knowing you're too far away and there's too much defense in your face to be able to make it. It's, it's sending it down the river, believing, hoping that something can still happen, but not sure that it will. But you are going to go for it. I believe what this story teaches us is something that we see in a woman that we can all emulate in our own lives. Where is it that we just don't believe where is it that we will just not try? Where is it that we just don't think it'll work? Where is it that we just can't imagine that this is going to turn out for everyone's good? How is it that this is going to happen? It's because you have the faith right now to say, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to believe for it. I'm going to trust God for it. I'm going to do the unthinkable and believe that even when I let go, God won't. That even when I can no longer follow, God is following. That even when I can no longer protect, God is still protecting. That even when I do not know in whose hands this will end up, I know it has never left God's hands. Can we say amen to that? See, we're, we're grasping and we're understanding the application of what this woman did. We're, we're, we're understanding a little bit better what it would look like in our own lives to trust God to this extent. And I know it's not easy to do that, especially if, well, we may struggle with our belief in God. We may struggle with the outcome of the life that we've already lived where we have seen God not come through for us, not help us, not love us, not be there for us, not heal the ones we loved or deliver the ones we prayed would be delivered. I, I know what a challenge it can be to exercise faith when everyone else's firstborn is being killed. 
that you just imagine and, and believe that, well, the same is going to happen to yours. But there was something in Jochebed that said, this will not happen to my child. And she stood up and, and, and did what no other woman at that time did. And God's showing us how people of faith like Jochebed can be a reflection of who he wants us to be, whatever the circumstances are or have been in our lives. We're learning from her in how we can also be in our own journey in this life. The story goes on to tell us that from being cast out, of her own household without a child, she is brought back in as the mother of the child. She isn't just rescuing the child for it to be raised by someone else. She still gets to nurse the child. She still gets to be its mother until it is of age in which she can then bring it back. And imagine the, the, all that extra time that she ended up having with her child because of this. And she gets paid for it. She gets paid to do it. She even is so incredibly blessed that she even gets paid to raise her own child. This might be a new business for all the moms here today. Just reconsider what motherhood means in your own home. Start charging for your services. I don't know. Maybe that's the lesson. I, I'm not sure. But isn't it amazing that she gets to be paid to nurse her own child? That she just released in the Nile River? That she had no idea she'd get back? And, and how bright is Miriam? How, how awake is this girl to go right up to Pharaoh's daughter and say, Hey, should I get a Hebrew woman to nurse this child? Great idea! Great idea! Come on! Like, how, how smart is Miriam to even come up with that in the moment? Like, that wasn't part of the plan. And I'm sure when Jochebed and, and Miriam sat down together and say, what? What's happening? I'm, I'm going to go and nurse this child, Moses, my child that I just sent down the river. And you did what? You made it possible? You suggested that? How did you come up with that? And she's like, I'm a woman. <laughs> When no one else has a plan, we've got one. And the story is about these two women who, who had a plan. But it wasn't much of a plan, was it? There were so many holes and, and gaping holes at that in the story and, and how this was going to unfold. It, it was, how is this going to happen? But you may not know every part of it. But here's the beautiful thing. When you let it go and you give it to God, whatever we haven't figured out, he has. And whatever we need to understand in the moment, we will. And whatever we need to do step by step, even as the plan is coming together, we can put it together for 
the blessing of someone else. And, and the Bible says it wasn't just to bless Moses, but it was so that Moses would lead his people out of captivity. Can we say amen to that? Like how great is the story for how God chooses a redeemer because Jochebed said, I will not let my child die. And God says, that is a woman after my own heart. That is a woman who doesn't give up. I will make her son the redeemer, the liberator. He will go out and he will change the world. He will go out and he will set his people free. And if you think that your life doesn't matter, if you think that your choices don't matter, if you think that your faith in the moment doesn't matter, if you think that your half-broken plan doesn't matter, all of it matters and God is using every ounce of it to bring about incredible victory in your life and in the lives of others. Can you say amen to that? Believe that, that even when we don't have all the answers, God has them. He's so powerfully working in this story. And I believe that when someone stands up and stands out, when someone defies, when someone says no more and says, I will do things differently, I will live a life that pleases you, I will listen only to you, you gave me this child and I'm not going to let anybody take it but you. When a woman does that, when when a man does that, when we live like this, I believe that God says, I'm going to go with you. In the way that you've chosen me, I chose you. In the way that you have faith in me, I have faith in you. And I'm going to put my faith in you and your son is going to do great things. Your life is going to be about great things. And so we learn from this. And we take the application of this and we bring it into our own lives for such a time as this. And I don't know what kind of a loss you've lived. I don't know what kind of trouble you're in. I don't know how bleak the future may feel or uncertain. Or maybe even how hopeful you are. Even though you have a plan. And maybe your plan is in many ways incomplete. I want you to take it all right now and just give it over to God. Trust him as you do everything that you can. You hid the child, which is a, a beautiful analogy of your dream, of your hope and your aspirations. And you took it and you put it in your basket. And you did everything that you could to, to make that basket last and, to, and, to, and for it to handle the elements and for it to make it down that river and, and for it to get to some place. And then you just let it go. And, and you, you have somewhat of a plan to, to keep your eye on it, to be able to watch it to a point, but you don't have it all figured out. That's okay. Because God is in your plan because God is with you and he wants you and your plan to succeed and he wants the outcome to bring not only you blessing but him glory and he wants you to then talk about how God has blessed you and how he has given you this opportunity to give him glory
And so when you succeed in your life, you give glory to God. You say, I had a plan, I had an idea, I had a hope, I had a passion, I had a skill, I had a talent. I did everything I could to move in that direction. But at one point I knew I had to just let it go because I needed God to do the rest. And I did that. And now I give him all the glory because I know I could only go so far. He had to go the rest of the way for me. And I give him all the glory for that. And that's what he wants to hear from us. That's what he desires for us to acknowledge and to see. And that's what we see in the story of, of Jochebed. She went as far as she could, but then God had to go the rest of the way. And so take, take that baby, take that dream, put it in this basket right now. And, and I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we would send that basket down the Nile River. You ready to do that? Hey, can you do that in your mind and in your heart? Can you just take that and just, just send it right down? And, and you know, if I was back t teaching kids, I'd be like, come on kids, let's do this now. Let's send their basket down the, the Nile. Can you do that with me? Can you be kids with me in the space? And just take your hands like this and just take the basket and say, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to send it right down the Nile. Just do it. Come on, do it again. Come on. Come on, you are not too old to do this. Come on. She was 120 years old. Don't complain. <laughs> we let it go, but we give it to God. We don't have it all figured out, but he does. We can't bless every aspect of it, but he has already. And he is going to bring about the victory in Jesus' name for every one of us here. Amen. Father, thank you for this incredible group of dreamers, visionaries, people that you have called out, that you have empowered to do incredible things in this world and in this life. And every step of the way, God, there is, there is evil coming at us and surrounding us and trying to kill that dream and trying to destroy that vision and trying to take away that firstborn. Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name that you would just bring your protection and your blessing into every household here today. I want to pray for the women of faith and of courage in this place, that you would turn us into yoga beds, Lord. That you would help us to see how incredible it is to, to put our faith and trust completely in you. Lord, I, I look to each person here and I know that you have something incredible in store for them. That you have birthed something beautiful in them. And you have allowed them to carry it to term and, and now it's time to release it. And Lord, as we send it down the Nile, Lord, we know that we can trust you with the rest. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.